Welcome back to the official Jets podcast. Eric Allen is there. Ethan Greenberg is here. Calvin Beecham. Don't worry, nobody could no see, one that. see that. Who's <laughs> <It was laughs> listening to the on podcast? YouTube. Calvin, thanks for joining us here in the Bet MGM Casino Studio. Thanks for having me. We're powered by Amazon Web Services. You can find us on YouTube or you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate us, review us. We need some ratings. So if hey, you yeah, got to tune us. in. Click on the button that says uh, review. Um, five stars is, yes. is what uh, we here desire. <laughs> That's um, right. So make sure that after you listen to this podcast, go click the five stars, r- uh, write a raving review. Um, you know, and I talk to the Jets about maybe sending you something. Wow. <laughs> oh, I love that. Beach is going to send you something. Beach, <laughs> Beach you're a natural. He, he's always providing giveaways. He is a man of the people, <laughs> and now he's going to give some Jets gear yeah. out. Or tickets, or. If we you don't, don't know, know what. If you don't know anything about Kelvin, he's Mr. Community, and we're going to talk about that, obviously. But first things first, happy Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. Happy yes, Thanksgiving. Sir. What is Kelvin Beecham's favorite Thanksgiving food? Favorite Thanksgiving food. I love sweet potato pie. Oh, well, I like sweet pie. potato pie. Yeah, too. You know, love, people love yams and sweet potatoes, but I love sweet potato pie. Now, do you are you okay with pumpkin pie? Or are you kind of? I've never, I've never really been a fan. I've never really had it. I'm not going to say that I don't like it. It's just I've never really had it. Like my my family, we cook we made sweet potatoes, so I really didn't know what a pumpkin pie was until I got up here northeast, down right. south, and sweet potatoes. See, I've never really had sweet potato pie. You got to try it. You got to try I, it. I know. I know. I. I just think it's the same family as pumpkin it is, pie. It is the yeah. same family, no yeah. doubt. Same family. So where do you stand between sweet potato and pumpkin pie? Uh, I like them both. Uh, you know, my thing with Thanksgiving is I don't eat much during the day up until the meal. We have the meal around 4 o'clock, 4.30, right? So I don't eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. I won't eat lunch. I'll have a couple, maybe crackers, things like that. But, <laughs> but so my stomach is ready. And then... Yeah, you know, I, I, the meal itself. I'm not a huge turkey guy. Mm-hmm. Not a huge turkey guy, but I, I do like the desserts on Thanksgiving. So, Kelvin, let stuffing. Me ask, everybody gotta yeah, like you stuffing. Gotta, you gotta love it. Yeah, let, let, love it. let me ask you this: as a football player, you guys typically have practice on Thursday. Is mm-hmm. thanks? What's Thanksgiving like in season for you? Like, are you able to remove yourself and enjoy Thanksgiving for when you're in the moment, or is it almost? Just feels like another day, and you it's something to do. Like, is it weird as a player and Man, at Thanksgiving? You know, I've answered this question a couple of times <laughs> lately, um, and I tell folks I hadn't been able to celebrate Thanksgiving or any of the holidays since I left for college. You know, back in '07. So, I don't know what a traditional Thanksgiving day would be like. You know, uh, it's been so long. I know, I know how it was when I was younger, but you know, now it's like you know, you practicing on Thursday. You got a game yeah. that possible. You know, that that Sunday, I've played on Thanksgiving a couple times as well. Um, so sometimes Thanksgiving has been the day before Thanksgiving, and sometimes it's been the weekend of Thanksgiving. Um, and you know, it's it's kind of hard to say this is is you know, we're so rhythmic and we're so we're in a routine all the time where, you know, there is no routine for Thanksgiving. Like it's like. You know, well, what are we going to have it at this year? Who's who's cooking this year? All right, well, whose house do we want to spend spend Thanksgiving at? So it kind of just it, it varies year to year. Did you like playing on Thanksgiving? I because on, yeah, I love the it. nation is watching yes, you. Yes, it is. And the other thing is on the back end, you get that weekend off. You get that weekend <laughs> off, and especially if you win. Yeah. Uh, it's an amazing feeling. Um, so uh, I've had, had my share of Thanksgiving games. I enjoy them. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun it's a fun feeling because the thing is, you growing up, 
everybody watched yes. football on Thanksgiving Day. You know, everybody watched it. I mean, I don't know anybody that can say on Thanksgiving, because the thing is everybody's sitting around, you're eating, you're spending time with family and friends. At some point, you're going to cut the TV on, and most likely, if there are men in the room, no disrespect to women, but they're most likely going to be a football game that's playing. Uh, and people are just going to be gathering around doing what you what you do, but most people are going to be watching some type of uh, some type of game on on, uh, on Thanksgiving Day. I like the triple header approach the NFL's yeah, taking now because they got the early game with Detroit. Yeah. You always got Dallas in the late afternoon, and now we have a game to end the night. And there's college games as well if you want to tinker with that. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And this Thanksgiving, or two days before this Thanksgiving, Kelvin again in the community. Another day in the life of Kelvin Beecham. Can you tell folks exactly what you're doing and where this started? Yeah. So we'll be going um, to uh, Harlem, actually, uh, Manhattan, um, and going to the, the local um, food shelter there. Um, I've been serving there and volunteering there for, well, since I've been here in, in New York. And uh, we're doing a turkey distribution to the community there. Um, Going to be serving kind of like a Thanksgiving meal as well. So I'm excited that, you know, get to go there and participate with other teammates so usually when i go there it's just me volunteering but it's a couple of my teammates that are coming and i'm excited to to go and serve uh serve the community again what are you doing overall uh as far as uh, community wise because greens has talked about it it's hard to keep up with you man <laughs> it's a clean water stem yeah, yeah. Um, and you're involved in food pantries, not just up here in New York, no, but in your native Texas, and you're still connected to Pittsburgh where yeah. you started and your career. Too, right? yeah, and yeah. Jacksonville, too, right? Yeah, so uh, where should we start? Let's do, let's do, <laughs> let's do clean water first yeah. because th this has been a recent initiative been, for you. Yeah. You know, the thing is I've done things around clean water on a global scale um, where I've, I've been to Honduras, working on a trip to Africa right now. Um, where you know I've been able to understand what's going on on the global front from a clean water standpoint, um, and that's a, a it's a great thing to do. It's, it's it's great to bring awareness to great to bring awareness and actually go do something about what's going on on the global front. But right before training camp, I heard about what was going on in New York. Um, I just came back up from from off season training. Um, my wife was telling me about what was going on in the news, and she told me about New York. And you know I started doing some research and then started reaching out and found out that what was going on in Flint happened to be now going on in Newark. Um, contaminated water, uh, lead levels were high, uh, there was poor infrastructure. The city is an older city just mm -hmm. in general, um, and different pockets of the community were being affected by this lack of infrastructure from a piping standpoint. So um, got in touch with the United Way. I actually reached out to Jesse uh, here in the building. Jesse and, Leonard, the senior Jesse director Leonard. of community yep. relations here. Yep, reached out to him and, and asked him what would be the, the proper way to go about it. He reconnected me back to United Way. That's what I've done some work with up here. Mm -hmm. And we just started putting a plan in place. Did a, uh, did a, a donation which led to um, about 100,000 bottles of water being dis you know, distribute, distributed yep. um, early on in the, in the summer, right, you know, kind of during uh, some of those off days that we had in training camp. Um, and then uh, had more conversations about what was going on, started talking with Pepsi, got in touch with the NFL. Uh, you know, it, it kind of, I guess it kind of pushed some buttons from a government standpoint because they don't want to call it a uh, a crisis. But there were some issues that were still going on and there's still, um, you know, some things that, 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 that just hadn't taken place and hadn't taken pl place fast enough, in my, my opinion. So the NFL and Pepsi and Aquafina, we got together and we did a campaign. Uh, I think that was two Sundays ago, the Giants yep. game. Yep. 
Um, and for every bottle that was bought by people at the stadium, one bottle was then, well, that was matched by Pepsi and then donated to uh, the, the residents of Newark. So that's been something that, you know, again, heard about earlier this summer um, and just been something that um, I wanted to continue to, to stay on top of. That's right down the street from us. We're here in Florham Park. Newark is about a 15 to, to 20 minute, 20 minute drive. Yeah, we fly out of that airport every time I have a road game. Exactly. <laughs> now, how do you stay so positive in terms of what you've seen? Because I, I got to imagine that when you go to Honduras or you're scheduling a trip to Africa and you see how people struggle day to day, and then you talk about here in America where we – we, I think, sometimes get lost as a, as a society. We don't pay attention to people's struggles in Flint or down the street in Newark. How are you able to go in there, deliver a positive impact, but also remain so positive in your approach? Because I, I'm sure you got to be looking at it from a standpoint, too, is that nobody should be living like this. That's correct. Um, I think it's it's the ability to to understand what's going on, and then also be able to empathize with the constituents that that are having to go through this. Um, you know, I've been on both sides of the coin. You know, I've been on on the side of the coin where um, my family struggled when when I was younger. And I've been on the side of the coin now where you know I'm considered affluent. My tax bracket is completely different than sure. than, than, than what I grew up in. So it's like I can understand both sides of the coin and I've been, you know, I was, I'm 30 now. So, you know, I would say for 18 years of my life, I was on the other side of, you know, even in college, I was on the other side of that coin. So I can actually relate to, to what, the, you know, what's going on there. When I go to developing countries, I can't say that I can relate to that. I've, no. I, I, that's, that's a different level of poverty, but to be able to empathize and at least think about, well, what, what would, what would my life be like if I were growing up in this type of environment? And I think when you can really um, understand, or not even understand, but at least empathize and, and, and imagine how different your life would be if you were to come from a situation like that, I think you could then be able to meet people where they are and be able to have conversations. And the thing at the end of the day, man, if you can smile with somebody, if you can put your arm around somebody, when you can hug somebody um, and you don't care what they look like, what they smell like, what they've been through, that's a connection. And at the end of the day, human connection is as powerful. It's just, are you willing to, to go out of your way and go out of your comfort zone to, to, to be willing to, to work on that human connection? The, the thing that I like that you do is oftentimes it's matching programs where you say, okay, I'm going to put myself out there. Mm -hmm. What are you guys going to donate? I'll match that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, is, is to bring people along. And sometimes, you know, I've, I've had teammates, beach man, tell me the next time you want to do something, I, I, I come and do it with right. you. But I'm like, you know, it's it's one thing to get another player to do it, but it's another thing to get, you know, a Fortune 100 business to do it, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in this case, Pepsi, in this case, the Jets. Because the thing is, is, yes, I play for the Jets, but the Jets also have to put, put their name on the line, too. Like, you know, we're going out of our way to do this. We understand the need in our community. We understand that, hey, we're right down the street from – from what's going on here in here in Newark, so when yeah. you when you're able to ask somebody to come alongside you, um, I think it one takes the pressure off of off of that entity. Hey, it's not just hey, I'm coming to you and say hey, you need to give money. Right. No, it's like I'm gonna do this thing with you. I'm gonna walk this journey, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk this walk with you. So, you know, you're not having to walk this journey by yourself. I'm doing it in collaboration. And the thing is, at the end of the day, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. At the end of the day, how can we do this thing together? And I think. 
you know, if you can do it together, it makes uh, it makes more Im- impact. It shows that you're willing to collaborate. It's, will- it's showing that um, you're willing to put your hand in the pile and, and, and forget the egos or forget, uh, you know, some of the social uh, economic things that are going on and just find a way to get the job done. Yeah. Something that I really admire about you, Beach, and we talked a little bit about it last year, how you said earlier you've been on both sides of the coin and being – on the one side of the coin, the side that you don't want to be in, even though you're not now, that's something that you told me you wanted to instill in your kids. So where you're aware of what's going on. And I believe you told me like your kids have to eat all their food. No doubt. Because you've been on that side of the coin where food isn't, is, is not a, it's not a luxury, I guess is, is the way to put it. Correct. So how do you go about, like, what do you do now to make sure that you don't get out of perspective from when you were growing up? Because yeah. I feel like a lot of people grew up like you, mm-hmm. but then just go off the walls. Yeah, yeah. And you see stories about that all yeah, the time. Yeah. You know, it's something that me and my wife work on consistently. Um, How many kids do you have now? Three. <laughs> when I got here, I think I had uh, I think I think had one. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I have three now, and... Um, you know, we work on that consistently. Um, you know, yesterday, well, Wednesday was my daughter's birthday. And, um, you know, reporter tweeted, you know, tweeted it out. And a reporter asked me, well, what did you get her? I said, nothing. He was like, what do you mean nothing? Like, you didn't get her a, a present? I'm like, no, she got a balloon. Like, she's five years old. What does she need? She has, she's going to a, a, a private daycare. I'm like, she, she's working on STEM-related activities in school. Like, what 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 does she need? You know, uh, my son's birthday is today. Well, what am I getting him? Nothing. Like, you get a hug. Happy birthday, son. Like, you're fine. So it's like the thing is, is like, and I understand we're in society and it's about giving and which is great and great and dandy. But I think for me, I have to like almost keep like purposely keep my kids very humble and grounded because what they're seeing in their life is not realistic. Mm. Like when they come here, they're living in an apartment. When we go to Arizona and spend time in the off season, they're living in our home. Like, that's not realistic. People don't get to have two places. People don't get to have a set of toys in New Jersey and a set of toys in, 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 in Arizona. That's not realistic. So what can I do to, like, make sure that they don't see this as, well, this is our way of life. This is how we're always going to have – this is how our life is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's always working to make sure that, you know, this is – this is not okay. Like, this is not how it's going to be. And it may seem counterintuitive, but I have to, like, I, I make sure that I work on that. And the thing is, you talk about making sure they eat everything on their plate. You know, there is no dessert, like, if you hadn't <laughs> eaten everything. And I don't care if you don't like it. Like, when I was younger, you know, it, this may seem same odd, but my mom would actually get the fork and, like, shove the food into my mouth if I didn't, didn't want to eat it. I didn't like green beans and green beans and mashed potatoes. Like, and they would mix it together. That would be a meal. Right. Right. I wasn't a fan of that. She would get that fork, open my mouth, and put it in my mouth, you know, and I ate it. Mm-hmm. Same with my daughter. We had some some uh, some some couscous the other day, and she didn't like couscous. I'm like, <laughs> you're going to eat this couscous. You got two minutes to eat it. If I ate my entire plate, you got two minutes to eat this, or you going to bed. Like, simple as that. And I know that may seem hard. And mm-hmm. Well, there's and so much food because you know how much food is wasted. No doubt. Not only in the United States, but in the world. And, and uh, you have a good sense of taking something and, and looking at it and saying, okay, this is what we have. And you talked about your childhood, is that you got great parents, great support system, but you needed assistance 
to eat at times, correct? No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. We it's 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 crazy. My sister is up here with us right now and, and we talk about how that that used to be and how that was. My mom was up here a couple weeks ago. Like we talk about how, how that used to be. And it's again, it's 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 crazy to think about where I'm at right now. I mean it's you know, people said it's come we've been in the league for almost a decade. Like to even think about that like That's it's, wild. It's a while, but like to, to even say that I've been living this life for almost a decade—that's that's, that's that's unreal. And again, this is not realistic. Like, yes, I love playing football. I love the game. It's it's a lot of great things that come with it. But um, America, middle America, like day to day nine to five America, this is not this is not realistic. And at one point, and it goes back to well, what are you going to do when football is over? Like, that's how life is going to be when football is over. Like. You got to do something, you know. You can't just wake up and go play with your friends all day. That's what my wife thinks I do do right now. Is all I do is go play with my <laughs> friends all day. But you know that's that, that's not that's not realistic. That's, uh, uh, that's sp- <laughs> speaking of toys, though. <laughs> speaking of toys, is it true that you've had two cars, the Chevy Tahoes? Mm-hmm, it, the two, yeah. The green machine, green baby. Machine. Uh, okay, how many miles? Two eighty. Two eighty, two hundred and eighty thousand. Yeah. Wait, this is my favorite part. There's no radio in the green machine, no, right? No, it's not. It's really? Just no. Kelvin and his thoughts. Yeah. Are you dry? Are you taking the green machine back to Texas or no? Yes. Well, what, no, no. Are you talking about like during off season? Yeah. No, no, no. no, no, no. It stays. It stays <laughs> in there. I don't. I don't put that. I don't put that on a road trip unless you know I, I got to really go somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but it's that is a um, like my, my like my mom says that is a uh, a hometown car. So um, that goes here from from here to the stadium when we go and play, and and from here to to the facility every day. Well, let me ask you about your pops working on cars yep. his entire life. Did you get from him? Did you pick up some of that? Like, uh, if the green machine needs an oil change, are you taking care of that? Man, the thing is, is I would love to. Yeah, I just don't have the time to. Okay. Now let me let me tell you this. Now it's it's times, and it's I I, I don't know if, I don't know how much time we got, but it was uh, <laughs> I'll give you a story. Um, a couple couple mornings ago, no, about two weeks, two two or three weeks ago. Um, the thing is, my my gas hand doesn't work, so. Oh. I don't, you know, the thing is, is I try to try to fill it up, you know, probably weekly, a week and a half. Don't mm-hmm. try to go too long because the, the trip to the stadium and back, you know, that drain drain the gas a little bit. But I thought I had some more time left, so it's a um, it's a Wednesday. I happen to get um, get back home after practice, and it's kind of sputtering a little bit. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, I know I got gas in here, so I end up making it home, and I'm like, all right, well, I go if I need gas, I go and get gas in the morning before I head to the facility. Mm-hmm. This is 5.30 in the morning, um, and the car doesn't start. Uh, uh, this is 5.30. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a stickler about time. And I I call my wife. This is 5.30, 5.35 in the morning. I'm like, hey, I need you to take me to the facility. This is I'm, I had the ankle injury during this time, right. too. So you got to rehab. So I got to rehab. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, can you take me to the facility? The car won't start. So I finally get it to start. I get it out the driveway, and it's a gas station literally, like, around, like, I'm talking about walking distance around the corner, but it's kind of up a hill a little bit. And, you know, I get it out, and um, uh, I'm getting ready to turn onto the street, and it dies on me. And I'm like, hey, if I could just get it to the gas station, um, I'd be all right. But I, I might need you to come in and, and guide it up the hill, right. like, as I push it up the hill. Right. And um, we fi- I get up the hill, and I end up making it, like, right to the gas station. But here in Jersey, which I don't understand. Oh, boy, I know where this is going. Uh, 
you have to have an attendant to pump the gas. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's 5.30 in the morning. You can just slide your credit card in. They're, not, they're not open. They're not open. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm huffing and puffing. This is like 5.45, and I'm huffing and puffing. And I'm like, all right, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to push the car back down to the dr- to to the parking lot. I leave it there. And I'll, you know, I'll gas up later after you after my wife takes me in. So uh, we finally, I'm pushing. This is, And it's raining in the morning, too, on this ankle. So I end up pushing it back down the hill. And I'm pushing it down the hill. And I tell my wife, I'm like, listen, don't hit the brakes. Just let it, I'm going to push it. I'm going to push it enough, and it's going to coast. Just let it coast on in, and you and you can, yeah. you know, you'll be able to go right in, back into the parking lot. The only line. thing you got to touch is the steering wheel. That's all you got to <laughs> touch is the steering wheel. And mind you, this is early in the morning. I've already been hammering my wife about, hey, come on out. It's, it's early in the morning. I'm like, just come on out. She's in the car, and she happens to see a fox, like, uh-huh. cross in front of the car. And she hits the brake. I'm like, what are you doing? Why do I want to hit the fox? I'm like, listen, baby girl, hit the fox and let's get this thing back into the driveway so I go into the facility. So this is, I'm, I'm pushing at 5.30, 5.45 in the morning, my green Tahoe, and I finally get it back over to the parking lot. My wife brings me in, and I tell her, I'm like, listen, I'm like, this is why I love the Chevy Tahoe, the 96 Chevy Tahoe. And I'm like, and she's like, why? I'm like, it's good for our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, the thing is, is, is I still have to do things like that. It sounds my, my trans, my, my, my gear shift from my transmission will come off. So I have to get up under the car, put the, put the, like, get the gear shift and push it back in the park, put the gear shift back on. Uh, go get a rip tie, like a little tie, and tie the tie the thing back on there. Cause I just ain't, I've been late. I've been too lazy to take it over to the dealership to get it done right. So I'm kind of like using some southern engineering. But <laughs> southern engineering. <laughs> <laughs> but if I could change the oil, I would change the oil. If I can change the transmission fluid, I would change the transmission fluid. If I, you know, could could you know jack it up, take the take the tires off and rotate them on my own, I would do that. Yeah. I just don't have the time to. So, you know, I work with Zotter, which is our, our player, you know, director of player uh development yep. here and he got me hooked up with one of the Mavis um <laughs> tire shops here in the area and then we'll get things done. All right, so if you see anybody pushing a green Tahoe <laughs> in the morning, it's like 5:30. It's Kelvin. It's Kelvin Beachum. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, and, man. So, I mean, you you're running this thing until it can't go anymore, right? Man, this is this ain't going nowhere. I think is I just changed the, the the motor and the transmission about two years ago, so it's fine. Okay. It can go. Got the interior completely redone. I just got to get the seatbelts done. Do you think this is something that like KB three? Yes, will no drive? doubt. No, no doubt. doubt. No doubt. So is that going to be like his first car? Or is that going to be like this is a big deal when it's officially no, well, KB three? See, the thing is, is that car was passed down to me, mm-hmm. so that used to be the family car. Right. I back in middle you saying school. That. That car was passed to me. I worked for that car in high school. It was passed down to my brother for a year in college, mm. and I got the next car that was passed down, which was an, uh, which was a um, uh, a Crown Victoria. My last couple of years in college, my brother wrecked the Tahoe, which bent the hood, which is still bent right now. I ain't got that fixed. That's what I brought to the league with me. Um, so it would just be passed down just like it was passed down to me. So the next person in line is my daughter, Kalina. Okay. Passed down to Kalina. Once Kalina moves on, be passed down to K3. Once K3 moves on, to be passed down to Janelle and whoever decides to, to, to keep it going from there, uh, you know, it'll be passed down just like it was passed down to me. I love it. That's a family tradition. <laughs> Thanksgiving <laughs> I'm, time. I'm, I'm making it one. <laughs> yeah. Um, thinking, uh, speaking of Thanksgiving, I should say, in Pittsburgh, when you started out, did you 
seek out homeless on the on the street in terms of giving them meals and, and stopping by, or is it something you were driving by in the Chevy Tahoe and you saw people on the street and you're like, I I want to help them. Well, the thing is, is in Pittsburgh, if you're, um, I can't think of the bridge now, but if you're going through Fort Pitt Tunnel, right, um, there are usually people that are, because they know traffic, during traffic time, it's, it's, it's really slow. And you will see people standing up, you know, standing up on the bridge. And, you know, if I'm taking a meal home from the facility, I pick up a couple of extra apples or a couple of extra bananas, and I see them and, you know, I would give them, I would purposely bring stuff from the facility. So, you, yeah, you make that uh, part of your routine. That was routine. Like, yeah. so anytime I, I saw somebody there and, and you know, they had a ask, I would have something already in the car for them. But the thing is, I've been doing this stuff. I've been doing food-related things since high school, honestly. So this has been something that has continued to be a part of my life and, and will continue to be a part of my life after I'm done playing football. So it's not just I waited until I got here to do it. I did this. I did can drives and food drives and in college in conjunction with the uh, SMU athletics and did some of these things with the multicultural club when I was in, in high school. So this has been something that I've been doing for some time. What's your favorite part about it? You know, at the end of the day, it's being, and I say this all the time, it's being able to provide a, a, a smile to somebody. Um, but I think as I've been doing it more, I've been able to see more instances. Um, I did a, a, a water distribution that ended up with me providing some food along with them uh, a couple weeks ago um, in conjunction with United Way. And it was a mother that had seven kids and they were all adopted. She adopted seven kids. And to get three cases of water and two big, huge boxes of food, just to see how she reacted. Um, for me, that is special. To get a hug from a stranger. I talked about human connection earlier. Yeah. To get a hug from a stranger, uh, and, and all she says is thank you. Um, I didn't see this coming. I had no idea that this was coming. Um, this is going to help my family tremendously for the next couple of weeks. You just don't know what that, that, that does for people. Um, and for me, it, it's being able to make that small impact and, and, and understand that I help somebody that, that otherwise may not have gotten it in time. You know, um, and I and I really do get a lot of joy out of that. I get energy from that, honestly. Mm -hmm. That like people, you know, try to figure out well, what do you get energy and how do you keep going? For me, that 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 fires me up when I'm able to to help somebody in that particular fashion. Yeah, and you're helping the youth too through STEM. What's that an acronym for, and why is that so important to you? Yep, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And if you want to say STEAM, you add the arts. Okay. Um, but you think about where we're going from an economy standpoint. You think about the, the market cap for Google and the market cap for, for, for Facebook and, and Microsoft and all these tech giants. Um, they're powered by software engineers, uh, electrical engineers, developers, you know, product managers, uh, designers, like what have you. And they're all coming from STEM-based backgrounds. Um, and the thing is, is I want to make sure that People of, 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 of all colors, all races, um, have access to, to understanding how they can play a role in, in this new economy. Um, and the thing is, there's, there's money to be had. And I know, you know, money doesn't solve everything. But, for, again, we talk about the middle class and we talk about the common day American. To be able to go and, and have a job coming out of college or coming out of high school, you know, because you've been working on being a software engineer, you, your starting salary is 85000 That That's a lot different than, than, than where most of America is. Mm -hmm. And to be able to have a skilled job that you can actually, you know, uh, continue to, 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 to 
go through the ranks and continue to elevate yourself and become, you know, possibly a VP, possibly a CEO, to be able to empower our youth in, in that particular fashion is something that I, I, I see because I see where the economy is at, you know, and I see where uh, folks can be in, in this particular space. So just for me, it's just, uh, again, being able to provide awareness, being able to provide opportunities, uh, being able to provide exposure. Um, I wasn't exposed to these types of things. I yeah. had no idea. Mm-hmm what Apple was, you know, everybody just used the iPods, you know, but nobody realized how impactful Apple would be to our, our, our society right now. And it's being able to make sure that our young folks, um, you know, here in America and, acro- and across the globe have access to it. You got anything else? No, man. Any, la- uh, 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 a- any last Thanksgiving thoughts here? Well, I did I did actually want to ask you a question. Oh, the glasses y- are coming your, off. Your, <laughs> this is big news. Your hometown – says uh, on its website, a great place to live no matter how you pronounce it. Now, Kelvin grew up in Texas. Mm-hmm. How do you pronounce your hometown? What is the proper way? This is I, I find this fascinating that they put this on their own website. So the proper <laughs> yeah. way to say it is Mahaya. That's what I thought. Okay. Exactly. If, if most times people from the north, they say Mexia. Mm. And if you're from the area, you say Maher. You know, oh, really? Yeah, because the, you know the the, the, the Texas slang yeah. and and how words and 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 how um, letters are drawn out sometimes. That's just how they say it. Yeah. So Maher is is a way of saying it. Mexia is another way of saying it. And Mahia, uh, you know, is the is the I guess the correct uh, enunciation of it. Did you have a favorite Thanksgiving growing up in Mahia? Favorite Thanksgiving, man. I, I had uh, great Thanksgivings. Uh, With mom's up. homemade ice cream? Uh, oh, boy. Well, she didn't know homemade ice cream for, for Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, so you talk about how, you know, you won't, you, you didn't eat till 4 o'clock. Yeah. Thanksgiving meal, like everything was ready by noon. Okay. Like it was like. Ready to roll. We're ready to roll. <laughs> we praying at noon. <laughs> like that's what time we're getting ready. But my mother, um, because she did homemade biscuits for the dressing. Um, she would do the homemade biscuits, so we would have that for breakfast. Um, and then you have the the homemade biscuits she made. She took some out that would be used for the dressing. We we did a hen, so we did chicken and dressing instead of turkey. Okay. The chicken, the giblet gravy, the potato salad, the devil eggs, the collard greens, Love deviled eggs. Uh, uh, the the uh, the yams, the whole nine, the whole spread was already on the table. The peach cobbler, the the banana pudding. The sweet potato pie, the Kool-Aid, the sweet tea, like all that was already ready at noon. So growing up, like for me, my favorite holiday was Thanksgiving. Like forget about Christmas. My favorite holiday was uh, Thanksgiving because I knew we were going to eat galore, um, uh, mac and cheese, the whole nine. And then we'd go play basketball afterwards. Uh, oh, you what? played hoops? Yeah, man, I played I played basketball before I even got recruited to play football now. Wow. Wait, but, okay. We're not going to get into that. Just no, know no, no, that. No, no, no. I knew you played hoops. I just didn't know you would play hoops on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, you you play after like you you got to go run some of that stuff off. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like after I eat, I'm I'm done. Like I on Thanksgiving, I, I wake up, way. I'll play hoops or I'll do whatever. Yeah, and then once I eat, I eat and I sit back and I just hang out. I do know. like the chicken over the turkey. By the way, yeah, that's a good not call, a, you're right not there. Not a turkey guy at all. Not, not 
not a big time. Yeah, me neither. I, I think turkeys is kind of a overrated bird. <laughs> <laughs> overrated bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll eat it. I'll eat it. I like it. I just don't think it's, you know, I saw something on Twitter the other day. It says it takes Americans 364 days to remember that turkey's just not that good. Wow. So That's pretty, I, r- I, that's I, pretty rough. I, but. That sounds like you. Sounds like you could have tweeted it. Well, I'm just saying. I like. I I'm gonna go to the Beecham's in Mahay and yeah. ha- have some chicken and then play some hoops. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay, <laughs> man. You you won't be able to move out to coming down to eat that. <laughs> I I believe that. <laughs> I believe that too. All right, Kelvin. Thanks for joining us. Um, the official Jets podcast powered by AWS here in the Bet MGM Casino Studio. You you want to replug the uh the rate review before we? Yes, remember. After listening to this wonderful podcast, make sure that you go. There's five stars. Don't push the four stars or the three stars or the two or the one. Five stars. Remember that. Five stars. And leave a raving review. A raving review. And if you do so, we will possibly think about doing something special for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's all, Beach. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.